It's an all-new season of the Football NYC Big Blue Breakdown Podcast on YesNetwork.com. Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy of BigBlueInteractive.com give the best Giants analysis week to week. And now, Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to YesNetwork.com's Big Blue Breakdown Podcast, an up-close look at the New York football giants, Joe Cal, along with the one and only Eric Kennedy from the Big Blue Interactive fan website. It's the number one giant fan message board on the web. And I tell you what, Eric, there's going to be a lot of fans looking for answers this week after the stinker that we saw on Sunday with the Giants. It looked like the offense was stuck in the mud. And, and even if Seattle wanted to give the game back to the Giants, which it looked like they wanted to do, the Giants just didn't want to take it and they took a bad loss. Yeah, I'm not sure we're going to be able to give them any answers, but this this was a really bad loss um, to a bad football team. Seahawks are not a good football team. And um, looking at the Giants' schedule, as I'm sure most Giants fans out there, you know, they looked at this game as one of those games that they're thinking, man, we need to win this game and, and get, a, get a little bit of breathing room before we get into that second half of the schedule after the bye week when, when the games get real tough. And, you know, this is a game – that a couple of things, you know, number one, it may show finally that the Giants simply aren't that good of a football team, and we can talk about that more. Or number two, if they do end up being in the playoff hunt in a division race, hopefully this thing doesn't come back and haunt them. Um, I was talking about it earlier on the site, but last year, you know, everyone makes a big deal about the the Giants-Eagles game at the end of the year, but it was the Dallas game where John Kitna came into the Meadowlands when Tony Romo was hurt, and that was a game the Giants were supposed to win. That Losing that game uh, kept the Giants out of the playoffs, and you know, losing an NFC game at home against an opponent that you're supposed to beat, you know, if we get down to a nine and seven or a ten and six record, and they they you know they're in a dogfight with with the Redskins or some other team, the Cowboys or the Eagles, if they come back, this is one of those games that you may, you go, man, if we'd only won that game. Yeah, and the Giants, what concerned me was they came on on the first drive, and I like the play calls, and I love how the tight end now is being incorporated into the game plan, and Ballard made some nice catches, and it just looks like the Giants always do now when they play at home. I tell you, they just look like they're looking for answers on offense, and it's not until the end of the first half, once again, until Eli gets in the two-minute drive, and where you know things look like they're clicking, but... On the defensive side of the ball, I mean, come on, Marshawn Lynch is not O.J. Simpson. And, and it looks like, it, it, you know, for the third week in a row now, because LaShawn McCoy, sure, we gave it, gave it to him because he's shifty and he's a tough running back. And then last week, uh, two weeks ago with Beanie Wells, I mean, he just tore up the Giants. And now you're seeing running backs do this to the Giants again. I think it's a real area of concern. And it just looks like the Giants are just playing catch-up with all these teams as they're just running after people while they're on defense. Yeah, there are two big issues that we can get into, offense and defense. We can start off with the offense here. Offensively, they can't run the football, and the reasons for that may vary. Some of it's injuries. Some of it's, again, the offensive line has been revamped, and it's taking them longer than even I expected them to come together. they got a new fullback who's a rookie. The tight ends are all new. Um, or not known for being good blockers, and and they just can't run the football. So they keep finding themselves in second and third and long situations. They were one, I think one for 12 on third down against the Seahawks, and that they did not pick up a third. The, 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 um, the, the 
third down that they picked up was that miracle play to Cruz for 68 yards that was sort of kind of thrown up there. But they they can't run the football. And if you can't run the football in the NFL, you're going to have problems, and that's what the Giants are having right now. I'm sure there are lots of fans out there that are going to are finger-pointing and blaming Eli for this. Um, and I'm going to come off sounding like an Eli apologist, but he's the only one who's keeping them in, the, in these games right now because they can't. They're dreadful running the football. They've got Hakeem Nix, who's a really good wide receiver. Victor Cruz is coming on, but as we saw Sunday, he, he still uh, can make a, a mistake or two that can end up costing you. But it's Eli's passing that's keeping them in the game um, because they can't they can't run the football at all and and that's that's been a Giants trademark for years under Coughlin and he's he's got to be just uh, frustrated as as all can be by the fact that they can't run the football. Yeah, and Eli looks much more comfortable when he's running the two minute offense like he always has. But it just looks to me when they're dropping back to pass in these third and long situations, it just looks like. You know, I think this week he stepped up a little bit in the pocket and he got away from the from the pressure. But it just looks like Eli's just stepping back there. And, and whether it's these guys not knowing which routes to run, it just looks like the Giants' offense looks lost sometimes. And I hate to say the word lost because this is a professional team and you have Kevin Gilbride who's around all these years and Eli Manning. But I tell you, and I'm really concerned with how they look at home now. Given they won two games on the road, and I think the I think the game against the Eagles was was a terrific game. And and and, and I don't care how they won that game. They played against a very good eagle team i mean i agree you know so far in the season eagles have been having troubles but they're a very dangerous offensive team i think they did a good job but you know a, you, you take away that cruise play last week where they got a break and the giants you know would have lost that game against arizona they didn't so i don't want to talk about a game that they didn't lose but because it was a road game we'll talk about how great it was for the giants to win a game like that and then you look at these performances against washington and what concerns me, Eric, these two games at home against the Rams, who tore them up, yeah. who tore them up with the no-huddle offense, and the Seahawks. These are not good teams. Right. And they're really making the Giants look lost. I mean, lost on defense. Yeah, and they, these are NFC West teams, the worst division in football, and the Giants are struggling against these teams. And just, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like. And I don't want to make this all doom and gloom, but I can't imagine it, what it's going to be like when they've got to go to New England, when the when the Packers show up, or when when they got to play the Saints. Um, you know, even even some of these other teams that aren't are sort of middle of the pack right now, like the Cowboys, but they can throw the football. They they just got to tighten this thing up. I think the thing that makes me most upset is the defense, because I'm a Giants fan, because I grew up with with Giants great Giants defense, they can't stop the run, they can't stop the pass. <laughs> um, I'm starting to question a little bit um, about Perry Fuel here. Now, they've got injuries, and they've got some youth on defense, and that, that those two things can cause problems. But you don't let the 32nd-ranked offense, quarterbacked by Tavares Jackson and Charlie Whitehurst, come into your own backyard and run for 145 yards, and pass for almost 300 yards, and during a week when the when they supposedly practiced against the no huddle all week in practice, it looked like they didn't, they weren't even ready for it. And the, to me, that 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 was, you know, you can talk about the offense, you can talk about not running the football, and that bothers me a lot. But you don't let the 32nd ranked team come into your home and and run and walk and and march the ball up and down the field. They Giants had this game. They went ahead late in the game. 
and then Seahawks turn around and do a seven-play, 80-yard drive to take the lead again. You can't let that happen. That, to the backup quarterback in your own backyard, that's just terrible. I agree with Charlie Whitehurst. I mean, look, Tavares Jackson has had very good games against the Giants in Giants Stadium. I remember a couple of years ago, yep. he came in with the Vikings and lit them up, and that was one of those games. I think the Giants always have one of these games every year where it's a, a lesser opponent, even though we don't think of the Giants as this great team right now, but a lesser opponent just comes in and really makes the Giants look bad on both sides of the ball. And this time it wasn't really Eli's fault because Eli's known to, you know, have those three interception right. games. And, and his interceptions were towards the end of the, the game this week, except for that one bad throw. But, you know, you got Charlie Whitehurst coming in here, and it just looked like, as a Giant fan, I'm watching the game, and I never got crazy because I always thought that the Giants – they were within striking distance where they were going to come back and win the game. And I and I and after they scored the go-ahead touchdown, I had full confidence that they were going to win this game. And even on that last drive, I mean, before Eli throws the interception, it's off Cruz's hands. You know, I thought, all right, here we go again. The Giants are going to win this one. We're going to talk about how ugly it was during the week, but they're going to get this win at home. And then it just shows you the difference between a win and a loss and how it magnifies everything, whether it be negative or positive. Exactly. And I had the same, I'm in the same wavelength with you. I actually, when I was watching the game, I'm thinking they're going to win this, but man, we're going to have to talk all week about the fact that this is an ugly win. And as you mentioned, you know, when you let a team hang around, it doesn't matter how good or bad they are, but uh, if you let them hang around, a play here or there will decide the football game and it sets the tone for the entire week with the fan base. If, if the Giants had won, come somehow won this game, we, sure, we'd still be complaining, but there'd be a lot more you know, fans looking at, geez, we, we could go into the bye week with uh, one, only one or two losses here. Um, but right now, you know, you've got to, you, the, the fan base, I think, is, 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 is worried, as they should be, because, again, it, this wasn't a very good football team. <laughs> you do mention Tavares Jackson has the history of doing this to him, to doing this to us. He, he's done that every now and then against other opponents, but he's not a good quarterback either. Again, again this was the 32nd-ranked offense in the, in the league. Um, they did, you know, this was a team that even the Giants, without Justin Tuck, they should have been able to control, um, certainly not allow them to score as many points and, and move up and down the field in the first and fourth quarters like they did. Um, you know, Seattle started with the opening kickoff, and they drove – right down the field and scored just like the defense wasn't even there. Um, you know, and they went up 14-7 later in the first half, and then they scored multiple times in the fourth quarter. So they, the defense has got to stop this. Um, again, there aren't any more Rams on the schedule. There are no more Seahawks on the schedule. They, they do play the Dolphins. Um, but even a game like that's not going to be a give-me anymore. But then they're going to get into these the brutal part of the schedule, and, and they got to tighten this thing up or, or this could get ugly. Yeah, and our concern about how the Giants are playing defense against the hurry-up offense, I mentioned it to Howard Cross, who was in earlier this week doing the uh, This Week in Football show, and he thinks that that's a direct result of a brand-new rookie middle linebacker being in there. And he thinks that, you know, when you have somebody so inexperienced in there in that position and how it came just before the start of the season, that he thinks that, that there's some connection there. Yeah, there may be. I think there's something, uh, certainly, uh, you know, when you're talking about changes in the linebacking core, and there are, that's certainly going to hurt. Um, they've got some really interesting guys that are probably going to be very good football players, like Jaquan Williams, who, who a lot of people like a lot, but he's he is making some mistakes. But even without 
um, Terrell Thomas. This is still a secondary that's been around for a while with the Giants. Aaron Ross has been there a number of years. Corey Webster's been there. Um, Antrell Roll, this is his second year in New York. Um, Kenny Phillips has been around. These guys are still having too many breakdowns and too many mental mistakes, like the go-ahead touchdown in the Seattle game. It was there was a, another mental you know lapse there, and um, it always seems like Antrell Roll. If there's a mental lapse, it seems like he's always in the middle of it. Um, he makes a lot of plays, but he seems to also give up a lot of plays. And it don't, they don't appear to be physical. They appear to be mental with him. And I'm not saying that the last touchdown was solely on him, but it just seems like the safety play isn't there. And there, there are enough players in that secondary. We're talking about high-round draft picks, guys that are getting a lot of money on their second contracts, too. They should be playing better than they're they're playing. I mean, the, the, Terrell Thomas is missed, but they've got enough talent back there combined with that pass rush to not let Charlie Whitehurst pass the ball up and down the field on you. It, 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 that's got to stop. They've got to stop the run. They've got to stop giving up these big running plays, and they've got to get teams off the field when it's third, third and seven, third and eight. And that's, that's what's really, really, in my mind, the major problem right now with this team is defensively they are not playing like a playoff caliber football team. They are letting these NFC West teams move the ball on them, and that's really disheartening. Yeah, and I think that one play where it was the go-ahead touchdown and the miscommunication pretty much summed up the Giants' day on Sunday. And yep. you know what? The Giants have lost some big games before. They lost some games to Dallas, and they lost some games to the Eagles. But I really think, and I'm talking as a Giant fan, I could tell by the tone of your voice, <laughs> that this game on Sunday made a lot of Giant fans angry. And sure, you know, any given day you can lose to any team. I just don't think that the fans were happy with the effort by the Giants. I don't think they were happy with the game plan. I don't think they were happy with uh, anything. I mean, special teams, offense, defense. You know, let's hope the Giants correct these mistakes this week because now you go from one of those teams that, okay, it looked like it was going to be an easy game on the schedule. You lost the game. Now you got a team coming up where you thought this was going to be an easy game coming yep. up. And the Buffalo Bills now, you know, they're a good team this year. They beat the Patriots. So... We're going to come right back and talk about that game when the Big Blue Breakdown podcast continues. Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy, we're going to be right back. Want to see what everyone's talking about? Check out the two-time Emmy Award-winning video content at YesNetwork.com. It's the best in Yankees web shows, podcasts, and features only at YesNetwork.com. We're back with Football NYC's Big Blue Breakdown podcast, Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy of the Big Blue Interactive website, the number one Giants fan message board. And now we turn our attention to this game coming up, the Buffalo Bills 1 o'clock MetLife Stadium. It's one of those games where I think the Giants really need to have this game this week. I think they owe their fans a good effort this week. I think they owe themselves, you know, just before the bye, you know, you don't want to get you know, you go from 3-1 and one and you're in very good shape and you're feeling great after beating the Eagles and beating the Arizona Cardinals on the road. And then you come back and you don't want two games in a row at home. And I think it's going to do a lot for the Giants mentally if they can win this game. Yeah, and Tom Coughlin does have a good record with um, games right before the bye. So that they have that going for them. 
And I agree that, you know, for whatever reason, and that would probably be in a whole other show, for the last few years, the Giants seem to play better on the road than they do at home. Absolutely. And, and I remember in the old Parcells days, um, you know, it was hard for teams to come into the Meadowlands and win, and that seems to sort of have gone by the wayside. And, 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 and you know, they, people like to talk about the fans. They're always booing at home, and they're not. we're not a great home crowd anymore. But the Giants also have to give the fans something to get excited about, and, and that's why this game's important. And, again, not to keep harping on it, but they need to go into the bye with a winning record. This is a really important game. If had, had they won, this is why the Seattle loss comes back and haunts them. Had they beat Seattle – this game, while it would be important, doesn't become doesn't start to enter into that must-win territory. It gives them a little more room, a little more flexibility. They don't have to play so tight. Now there's, you know, this is a game. You know, there's a big difference between four and two and three and three, mm-hmm. um, especially with 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 the um, with the schedule that they've got coming up. And you know, it's an interesting game because I, I've seen a, a few of the Bills games this year and. They've 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 had some impressive wins. I mean, they 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 beat Philadelphia too. They beat uh, New England. Um, they they're good at coming from behind when they fall behind. They can run the football. They they're very good at running screens. Um, they're an opportunistic team on defense. They have a lot of interceptions. Um, and this 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 but this is a game that you know when I've watched the Bills. They're opportunistic. I don't think they're overwhelming. So I think it's a little bit misleading. Their record is, is and maybe I'm not giving them enough credit. Um, right now I'd have to say they're a better football team than the Giants are. That remains to be seen, too, on Sunday. But I don't, I'm, not, I'm not overwhelmed by them when I watch them. I don't look at them and say, you know, man, this is a really good football team. Some of their wins have come with some opportunistic plays. So if the Giants play a clean football game or a near-clean football game, and get some of these mental mistakes cleaned up, um, they have a chance in this game. It's at home uh, against an opponent that I think they, they, they can beat, but they, they've got to play with more passion, they've got to play more physical, and they certainly got to stop shooting themselves in the foot. Oh, I agree with you. I, I definitely think it's a winnable game, and I think the Giants are going to give a good effort this week. I, you know, call me crazy. I just think that, you know what, if you look at our opponents so far this season, there's really nobody good that the Giants played aside from you want to talk about the Washington Redskins who are now in first place but you know the Philadelphia Eagles so far are not are not such a great team this year and they won games against the Rams and the Seahawks and they look sloppy doing it and they you know a road win is a road win so the Cardinal game I don't want to take anything away from the Giants but I go back to what you said before maybe the Giants are not a good team right now I think they are just a mediocre team but I also think that it's a quarterback and a coach who play much better on the road. I want to get back to what you said before because call me crazy, Eric, I don't think that's a coincidence that they did, they went on their Super Bowl run a couple of years ago and they did it all on the road. No, because I don't you think look so at, either. And no, you I... look at the success that they had in the playoffs at home, I just think they're a better road team. I don't know why they play better and they play better against good opponents on the road. I just think that they rise and when they play an opponent at home like the Seattle Seahawks or like the Rams, they don't play as well. Now, the Buffalo Bills, I think, are a step up from both of those teams I just mentioned, and I do think that maybe it's going to give the Giants some extra incentive because all they're hearing this week, and deservedly so, 
or how sloppy they looked last week and how bad they looked last week. So I do think the Giants have a terrific chance. Now, now don't get me wrong. Fred Jackson, if, if, if we're going to go by the last couple of weeks and how running backs have done against the Giants, yeah. Fred Jackson is very dangerous. Yeah, and he's got to be licking his chops right now. And that, that's the key to this game on defense is they've got to control Fred Jackson. That's not to say that the Bills don't have other weapons and Fitzpatrick's not a good quarterback and all that, but it starts and stops with, with, with their running back, and they've got to play the run better than they've been playing. And, you know, the mindset I think of most fans out there is this. We've got these guys that are beat up like Justin Tuck. Um, we've got the center, the boss, boss has got a neck injury. We've got a few other guys with concussions. We've got guys with neck injuries. Get to the bye week heal up and then make your run but they just got to they got they got to win this game to get the 4 and 2 I think they've got to get some they've got to get to that to set themselves up for that run now if they get the 3 and 3 it, it, is it impossible for them to make the playoffs no but you're starting to look at they they've got to go in and and, and win some games that they're not going to be favored to win in in some tough situations and they just would make it so much easier on themselves if they if they win these next two games at home, and and, and this one. So, but you're right, you know, Fred Fred Jackson, that's the guy that they got to stop, and and it starts up front. They, the front seven is got to play tougher at the point of attack. I'm not so much worried about the inside guys, um, our defensive tackles. I like our defensive tackles. But with Tuck out, the ends have got to play better. The linebackers have got to play better against mm-hmm. the run. And mm-hmm. even the secondary, there was the, on the, on the uh, Marshawn Lynch run, the 47-yarder, the corner didn't come up and make the play. They, they've, got to, they've got to play tougher against the run and then allow that pass rush of theirs to get after the quarterback. Um, and and that, that, that's, that's their problem right now. They can't stop the run and they can't run the football. And when you've got a football team that can't do those two things, you're in trouble. And I'm going to get rid of all the negative energy now, especially in my head. I'm going to go back to being the positive Giant fan, and I do think the Giants are going to win this game. And then, to throw in even another thing, I think when you look at the second half of the season and you see the tough schedule that the Giants have, I think maybe with a team like the Giants, that's better. Because if you see a bunch of easy games on the schedule, the way the Giants have lowered themselves to their opponents, I think maybe they do rise to the occasion, especially in these road games. You know, so I think as a Giant fan, and I've seen the trend of this team over the past couple of years, is the Giants are always better under the radar, number one, okay? And then the Giants always play better when they're in the mix and they're not too far ahead because you don't want the Giants to be in first place by two, three games. That could right. be the worst thing. You want the Giants to stay in the mix and you want them to be competitive every week so they have something to play for so it comes down to that last month of the season so the carrot is still there in front of them. I'm just going by based on what I've seen with Eli and Coughlin and this group of giant players, so I'm still going to stay positive. You know what fears me more in this Buffalo game? What? The Miami game that they play next after that because the Miami <laughs> Dolphins are going to come in and they're going to kick the Giants' booty all over the field and the Giants will have to win a last-second field goal. That, but, that would be, that'd be <laughs> typical Giants, wouldn't it? Yeah. But, but I'm going to stay positive this week. I think the Giants are going to give a good effort, and I know you've had some questions on your website. Yeah, we've had a lot of venting on the website, and so I put a put a thread up recently, just a couple of hours ago, and asked if there were you know topics people would like to talk about. And some of them we've we've already addressed, but um, one of the one of the big questions is are on the defensive side or is against the run, and why why are the Giants having so much trouble stopping the run? Specifically, what are we seeing? And then on the on, on the defensive side as well too. Why are they having problems 
with ordinary offenses stopping them with with passing pl- passing plays. But uh, my, my thoughts on this with the run defense is, and it ties in a little bit with what you were talking about with Howard Cross was, even though he was talking about in context of the pass defense with 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 the rookie rookie linebackers. I think it's it, it's a combination of injuries and inexperience. I think Tuck being out of the lineup has had a bit of a domino effect in the sense that they've had to move um, Pierre Paul to the to to the uh, uh, strong side, and he's more comfortable playing over on the weak side, and Tuck's a really good run defender, and those two guys on the edges are missed. And then at linebacker, you know, I still haven't seen that game from Matthias Kiwanuka that I was hoping to see based on his play last year before he got hurt in those first couple of games where he was getting sacks and making a lot of plays against the run. We haven't seen that. They've got a couple of rookie linebackers that are, that are alternating, and, and Greg Jones and, and Williams, and those guys are still getting acclimated to the NFL, and they're they're not quite there yet. And I just see a lot of I, I see other teams basically winning at winning at the point of attack on these on the edge. I see them getting outside on the edge, and I think that's that's the big problem. Yeah, on the line of scrimmage, you know, I'm I'm seeing these teams, and you know, you, we we talked about Lashawn McCoy a couple of weeks ago, but when you got Beanie Wells. Who's who's not a Pro Bowl back and Marshawn Lynch, who maybe was in the past, but he's not now. It just concerns me about after they're getting to the line of scrimmage, how that how the Giants are missing tackles. You know, you're missing tackles. You're not wrapping up guys, and 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 a lot of the times the Giants are kicking themselves because instead of putting these guys in third and long, where you could get your pass rushers to go after the quarterback, you know, you're you're getting in third and short, and 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 it's making for longer drives. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I just think it's an area of concern. And, and hopefully this week, like we talked about it before, you got Fred Jackson, who's, who's you know, no day at the beach. But, you know, hopefully the Giants get some pressure on him and basically put the games in Fitzpatrick's hands. And, and, and another thing that concerns me is the Giants haven't really played such great quarterbacks this year. I mean, sure, Michael Vick, who's not even having a good year. I mean, you played against Sam Bradford and you played against Tavares Jackson and, and Charlie Whitehurst and Cobb. I mean, they're, they're good quarterbacks, but they're not Tom Brady's yet. No, no. So it's not, not like Brady. right. So it's not like the Giants went into the went into the games and said, "Oh, aside from the Eagles, which have a double threat with a running back and a quarterback," and they just said, "Oh, this quarterback is so good. You know what? You know we, we should be able to to, to focus a, a, on him, and, and we don't want the running game to kill us." And the running game has really, really been killing the Giants. Yeah, and and when you look at the defensive backfield, what bothers me is what I mentioned earlier. They've got a lot of money and draft picks invested, and 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 these mental mistakes. I I just don't understand it. It, it. If they if these were new guys and they hadn't been in the system, that's one thing. But they seem to be making mistakes. When I look at a game, it, this is the difficulty that I have. I look at it and say, hmm, Corey Webster didn't really give up a lot of plays. Aaron Ross didn't seem to give up a lot of plays. Um, I don't see people sort of so much getting beat one-on-one. But the, the zones, the, people seem to be getting open in zone coverage, or we see that, like that mental breakdown at the end of the game. Those kinds of plays keep happening. Now, Howard Cross, I think, is right when you're, talk, when you're talking about the under coverage, when you're talking about you know, the shorter passes to, to the middle of the field where the tight end or the running back or there's a, there's a receiver that runs a quick slant and that type of thing. That's where, where these, these um, young linebackers they might be having a problem with. But, but they're giving up way too many pass plays 
um, given the pass rush, and they got a lot of heat on on Seattle's quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Um, That wasn't the problem. They got a lot of heat on them, even despite the fact that they were running the football. Their quarterbacks were were under the gun most of the day. They had six sacks. I think they were hit eight eight other times. That's a lot. And... um, but they but they give up almost 300 yards passing again 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 against questionable competition to let a, a rookie free agent wide receiver um, do what the, what he did against the Giants that's what's driving me nuts the safeties have got to play better and they've got to stop making these mental mistakes it's we're, we're we're almost a third of the way through the season now they had a training camp they had the preseason the lockout didn't affect that and these are experienced veterans. There aren't rookies back there in the secondary. That's they. They got to stop making these mistakes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I'll stay positive and let's hope for a win. <laughs> I think the Giants are going to bounce back this week, and I know they're looking for some answers this week. And and the Buffalo Bills are not an easy team, but I do think the Giants are going to give a good effort this week going into the bye because maybe they see that carrot of the bye week there in front of them, and they know if they give a good effort, they don't. Instead of going two weeks with answering questions on what's happening to the Giants. You know, it'll be different, and we'll focus on the second half of the season for the Giants, and we'll try to stay upbeat as Giant fans. And, Eric, thank you for joining me each and every week here on Big Blue Breakdown Podcast. And, folks, stay with us. We'll be back next week to talk about the Giants against the Buffalo Bills and to take a look back at the Giants' first half of this season. So until next week, folks, take care. Go Giants.